Welcome, everybody. Look who we have here. Ravis himself from Star Wars Jedi Survivor. DC Douglas, how are you, mate? How have you been? Greetings. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> nice to be here. Man, I, I love what you did with Rafus, by the way. I just want to say um, we're going to jump into it. But how have you been, mate? You been good? Yeah, yeah. It's been the um, life's been, you know, different since the, the pandemic. Um, the, there's this weird thing where it's people still have one foot in the pandemic, I think, and then one foot out of it. So we're sort of going around like life is normal and that didn't happen, but we're not doing as much as we used to do. Um, I don't think people are as are as social. And it's just like there's like a weird like hangover from that period. Yeah, no, life is good. I've got the closest relationship to my cats that I've ever had. Uh, I've been home so much. but uh, Are they yeah, loving it or not? Good. Of course they're loving it. I'm a good cat owner or a uh, uh, friend. Or, I shouldn't say owner in front of them. That's rude. <laughs> what are their names again? Uh, well, um, now it's uh, Monkey uh, is my oldest one. And then I have a new one, uh, uh, Leo, uh, who's a, snow, a snowshoe Siamese. Um, who's the softest cat I have ever had, I've ever petted. Um, and he loves to be pet. Uh, uh, he like like immediately splays out, so you pet his belly. It's so soft, and his cat fur, um, you know, like regular cat fur, you you just roll it off you or whatever. His fur is like cotton, uh, which is really cool until you go to vacuum the, the following week and you realize that the vacuum cleaner doesn't pick up cotton when it's smeared onto carpet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's literally it's it's. I have to go turbo on the vacuum cleaner and even then go back over and try to like hand wise get it off. It's little cotton balls everywhere. Um, which is kind of uh, cute. So if I were an animator, I'd make a cartoon about him being the, the, the bunny cat. Oh, there'd be some cool animations out of that if you could get that done. No. How has your work changed over the last few years and, and you know, just by doing a lot from home and, and the auditioning process and all that sort of stuff, how has it been? You know, what's interesting is I, I started my home booth in 2002, I think, and nobody was doing it back then. Um, I was a, a, a friend of mine, Laura Kane, turned me on to this. Um, she was doing promos for radios or called radio imaging, I guess. Um, she was doing radio uh, imaging from her home studio that she'd created because uh, she lived in Texas, then came to LA and didn't want to lose her clients. And so that's what she did. I got tips from her how to set up my booth, set up my booth, and um, it was in a closet at first. And so, uh, that's, I'm used to that life of doing lots of auditions from home. And then the agencies were slowly moving to home studio prior to the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, it was funny. It's like all my on-camera actor friends who did voiceover on the side were all emailing going, how do I set up a home studio? Do I do it in my closet or the bathroom? <laughs> like not the bathroom. No. <laughs> um, uh, like, so everybody had to move over to that. And I, I will, good and bad. So the good thing is since the pandemic now, um, you don't, the agencies, they, they, they'd rather you just send it from home, um, which is great. I've always preferred to self-direct for auditions anyway. Um, and uh, uh, so that's cool. On-camera stuff, which I don't do as much of these days, uh, just in general, because I changed my whole look. Um, but the, uh, the, the on-camera, they want you to audition, um, to record your first round of auditions. And then sometimes you can call back, she'll go back in. Or you'll just do a Zoom thing. So they, everyone is kind of keeping that going because it really, I'm sure, is uh, very cost-effective for the, the agencies and the casting places. So I'm, I'm appreciative of that. What I'm not appreciative of is that I'm, it's weird how 
like talking to a human online on Zoom or in your on the phone, like it's it is a connection, but it's not the same thing as being in person. Mm-hmm. Even if the the exchange in person is just like not, you know regular everyday, hey, how you doing, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so like there's a studio down the street, they they let me work remote, and I'm like, you're down the street, and I go, I want to see people, <laughs> and afterwards I want to go out and sit in a cafe and have a coffee. So I'm like, I'm coming in, damn it, and I'm coming in for that 45 minute session. Then I'm going to make a day of it. <laughs> like DC does. Yeah, but so, you love that. Uh, you yeah, love so adventuring, don't you? You love getting out there and because you don't want to be stuck in your yeah. house all the time, do you? No, not at all. Exactly. Mm. Taking my mom to New Orleans later this year. She's never been. So that's her uh, birthday gift for her 80th. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, of all the places that I love to go adventure, it's New Orleans. Gosh. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah. at the top Have of the list. Been? No, I haven't, but my girlfriend really wants to go. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. I mean, the, the, you, you see a lot of the Bourbon Street stuff, which is like it's fun for like an hour or two. Mm. Um, but then after that, it's like it's more about going to Frenchman Street or going off in like Magazine Avenue, I think it's called, or whatever. There's all these other little areas. But the the thing that I love the most is music. I love just walking into yeah. a place and hearing. You don't can't do that in LA. It's like there's a couple places that like once a week maybe do jazz or something, or if you want to see um, some bands, it's an entire venue that's just about going to the bands for that night. You got to pay the cover and then the overpriced drinks. There's no like just walking around and there's art happening all around you. Where New Orleans, you've got that feel, which is so nice. A little bit like Greenwich Village in the summertime. So, um, do you remember yeah, your first so concert? Well, now, okay, now that's not going to make me seem cool at all. It's going to make me seem very old. <laughs> I, okay. Come on. The first concert that I ever went to in, this is solely because my sister was a big fan, was Alice Cooper. Um, okay, and it was, yeah. I think, like 1980. So it was right when he switched from his really theatrical cool stuff. And he was doing, it was his clone tour, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which was still fun. All that, but yeah. It was, it was Alice um, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Alice Cooper, but. But my first one that I went to after that, that I bought the tickets, I used I, uh, my, my McDonald's money or whatever, I, where I was working at the time. And I was going to take a girl on a date. And I took her to, I didn't know anything about this band. She apparently really loved them. So I went and took her to Air Supply. Air Supply. <laughs> Air Supply. Yeah. Like, wrong some... message. I'm like, I just want to go on a date. And she's thinking marriage while we're listening to Air Supply. <laughs> <laughs> no. They're from, they're actually formed in Melbourne, Australia, believe it or not. Yeah, I was going to say that. There you go. <laughs> so I don't, yeah, and I hadn't heard of them. Maybe I have heard of some of the songs. What was your first concert? I think it was ACDC. Oh, shit. See, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. My first concert was Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have loved to see Led Zeppelin. They're probably my favorite of all time. But it's, I went to a, yeah. I went with a friend to this weird little venue to see this new band that was coming out called Twisted Sister. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, that was funny. How was that? Just, yeah, how right. was it? It was Twisted. It is, it is what it is. <laughs> Oh, sorry for everyone watching. We're on a delay. This is what happens when you live in Australia. So bear bear with me, guys. So um, tell me about this character in Star Wars, mate. I mean, it was it wasn't your typical villain, but it also was, if you know what I mean. There was a bit of a a mixed bag, and I found him really intriguing. I loved the voice, obviously, 
And tell us about that because you did mocap for this one and everything. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a it was a, a really fun gig. Um, it's uh, I learned a bit about um, the, the Gendai. I already said Gendai. I always forget which. Obviously, I didn't learn enough. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, what was interesting is I started off with a voice. Um, my audition was. Here's this weird thing with voice actors, and I don't know if it's with all voice actors, but I used to have a thing, and every now and then it crops up, which is that when I'm doing something that I think is going to be fairly big or people are going to see, I want my voice to be different from other characters that I've done that people would know. And obviously, you know, he, they just needed a low kind of gruff voice for this, but I wanted to make it more alien-like. And so he was talking more like this. And knowing that it was going to be mocap, you can get away with doing a voice like this, which was a weird thing doing with the tongue and all that. And I was like having fun. I auditioned that way. I had the callback that way. First day of mocap, we're doing the scene. We ran through it like two times. It was um, the, it's that first scene that everybody sees. And and then the, and the, here's the thing: is um, uh, uh, the, uh, the performance director Tom on this is is uh, so amazing. Um, he really is an actor's director. Um, and he did a thing which I think was smart at the time. I was like, no. He's like, he's like, you're doing a lot with the voice. And he goes, but you don't need to. He's like, just drop the voice and just, just be. And, and which I know sounds like a, like a, an average thing or whatever, but what we was trying to do was like, just get more to the meat of the acting and that the, the, the technical voice actor was too much in charge right then. Mm. Um, and, and so by letting go of the voice and, and, and just being Ravis down here allowed me to have a little, uh, this is gonna sound, hopefully you don't get uh, dinged for this on YouTube, but it, gave, it allowed me to put more balls in, into it and, and less um, uh, performance or presentation. Um, and, uh, and so that was, uh, so that was, so it was freeing. Um, and he also loved to go like, we did so many takes. Uh, first off, it's, which is so ironic because it's computers. You'd think that you could just pick up on any line and they could just stitch it together. Um, but with the, uh, with the computer stuff, they want you to start from the very beginning to the very end because of the way they're tracking everything. Um, and so when you can't mess up the take, well, you can, but then everybody's got to roll back. Um, it's not like we're on, on camera, regular on camera work, you can flub a line and you're like, I'm sorry, reset. Okay, and then just pick up right where you left off and they'll edit it later. So, um, uh, so when you want several versions, even if it's a one line, you do pretty much the whole thing. Um, so I got to explore lots of different aspects of him. And then, you know, Tom has his thoughts about what the character was. Then there are, um, the creatives behind there that know, that knows, they know all the lore of Star Wars and know everything about these, these creatures. And I only know what I could find online. This is before, um, chat GPT. So I couldn't cheat and like really get there. I like keep going to the different blog posts, but from what I'd gathered and, and what I'd gotten of the species, which is, you know, pretty straightforward in a lot of respects. It was interesting because then Tom wanted to add more depth in, in ways that you don't necessarily associate with the species. And I think that tug of war between the lore and, and, and then the acting creative stuff uh, allowed for the character to have much more dimension than would normally be, I think, um, in any kind of game. So uh, I was appreciative of that. Did you push back when he said, bring the voice back a bit? Were you a bit taken aback by that or I were you... I said, do you know that I am DC Douglas? I'm Legion of Mass Effect, and you dare <laughs> tell me to no. <laughs> no, I said, I'm DC. I was in Sharknado too, mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, not at all. I like listen, I'm I'm one of those people, it's so rare. I mean, if I'm doing like some little rinky, I should say this. Well, if I'm doing a little like a little rinky ding voiceover gig out of my booth and it's some some, you know, 
small client who they get the like the asshole-ish of asshole directors who's like going do it like this and they give you a line <laughs> reading for every line reading at that point, i'm kind of like i'm like you're an idiot and i'm just going to get out of this job as fast as possible and get my money um but it is something in a scenario like this where tom has got an amazing uh history you're working with all these other wonderful actors and and these also these freaking mad geniuses that are working uh, uh, the the whole other side of it beyond the performance and um and so i'm like i'm like i i want to please you i want you guys i want to fit your picture because i have no idea all of the things especially in games you have no idea the full picture of stuff um so i can only know my story or my character's story really and um and then i hope that i'm being true to that so the only times i ever get pushback and it was not pushback per se it was more about i get a direction and i go help me um uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for uh, uh Oh, I'm just totally blanking on the word, but um, when you're working on a, a, you try to get to a solution, you're merging the two things together, but help me um, uh, merge these two ideas together that are seemingly contrary um, so that we can, uh, so that I know how to do that with my performance. <laughs> um, and that was, so that would not push back. It was more like clarity and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, so for the most part is I'm just like, you know, and also it was fun. It was like being a kid in a candy store. It's like, we're going to do, you know, you end up doing like six or seven takes of a scene. And so he's like, so for this take, let's do uh, I'm like, sure. What are we doing now? <laughs> like, let's take All these different directions still within the realm of what we've established, but you got to really got to play around a lot. And I, um, so yeah, so I was always game for his stuff. I've got so many questions. I'm wondering, has the tech changed much since the last time you did it? And and also, Ravis is quite a tall, big boy, and yeah. so do they have to look up, or how does that work? Everybody had to uh, perform on their knees around me, um, <laughs> and I'm like, this is how it should be in Hollywood. I'd love to see that behind the scenes, man. Exactly. Uh. It was interesting at first because there was a thought that um, people had to hold a pole uh, was it me they were going to put a pole like on the back of me with the tennis ball up there so people would look up to that face um and it became apparent with pretty early in that first day that it was taking away from um the acting because you, you don't get to look at in the eyes of the other person and that's the whole uh, part of the purpose of most yeah. uh, performance cap is that is you want to have those connections and because and and as the uh one of the uh, uh programmers came up and he said he said you know afterwards we just put in a couple numbers and the eyes go and the other eyes go like oh all right cool so like it nicks the tennis ball and we were on our way also they were originally going to do the tennis ball because they did that with uh lady yeah. d in resident evil i remember so that's why i was curious yeah. or or maybe she was just that tall uh, anyway they have yeah. done that before yeah. yeah they have well, done that before yeah, it different are you guys about like like the level it's funny is there is obviously a difference in um, uh, technology depending, um, well, time frame. Like if you, something I did, I did one like way back in 2011, uh, performance cap. And then, um, and the, so the technology then. Um, they wouldn't have had the facial capture, different. right? Like the the facial cameras? No, they did. Oh, they did. Capture. Yeah. Um, it was the camera and the mic and all of that. Was that 2011? Yeah, it was NBA 2K14. So it was 2012. Or 13. Um, the Uber driver, they, right? Uh, was that it? No. What was it called? The well, agent. There, you know, back of a limousine. He's not a fucking Uber driver. 
I'm sorry, DC. I'm sorry, man. I was the Uber. Oh, that's right. I was the Uber boss. That's why you said Uber driver. Uber boss. Sorry. Yeah, I mixed my words. Now, Uber driver. Imagine. Yeah, guys, it's just a delay to Australia that's going on here right now. So, uh, but yeah, no. So he, Uber boss, no one plays the story in that game. Uh, but when you do, I'm the. Hey, I'm I your, did. Uh, did you really? Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah, that's just so for sweet. you. Just cool. for you. All the improv. We like we get to improv our scenes. Like read them first, and then do an improv on top of it, and just kind of go crazy with it. Um, yeah. My biggest feat that no one will ever know. I don't know if I did this in your last interview. So sorry for me. No, good. the biggest ever did on that game was one day i mean every night i was because it was like lots of dialogue it was amazing like like at least uh like there was not much dialogue for ravis in this game there's a fair amount but uh, uh but not a lot but what he does have is very important um uh, the uber boss uh uber manager whatever he is uber agent he does not have necessarily he has a lot of dialogue none of it's really that important which is why we get the improv on it. But uh, so every night in that hotel room, I'm like uh, learning is all the scenes because we're gonna do 30 pages the next day. Well, on one of the Shit. days, it was only 10 pages of dialogue in the scenes, and then it was another 20 pages of me doing a monologue over and over and over. And the monologue shifts by like a, it's uh, because I'm saying, hey, hey, buddy, you got a new sponsor. The sponsor is blah blah blah, and this is what they sell, blah blah blah. And so you've got to take the deal. It's like one of those things. And the player can pick of any of the, yeah. So I, but I'm like going, I guys, I'm trying to memorize it, but this, the differences are enough to be important, but not enough to be memorized. <laughs> and then they came up and they, they came up and they said, we're going to do um, uh, ear prompt. And I had never done ear prompting before. They stuck a little thing in my ear and the AD who had never done it as well was off to the side. And they just had me stand in the center of the stage. And it's like, okay, here we're going to go. And he just started reading it, and I performed it as I heard it. And I realized I'm really good at that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow, that's a skill. It is a skill. Oh, but as far as technology, um, I would say that I, I mean, I know there is, oh, yeah, here's, the, so when we did it there, we weren't able to see anything other than the video feed of uh, our cameras. Um, they didn't, like, you could see in the back where they were working on stuff, but they had wireframe of things. And it was even even then it was not that much on this one. Uh, I don't think I'm giving any technology away here, but they had the, the, you can see yourself immediately as like live action as you're moving. You can see yourself as the character in there in the plane, whatever they call it, the Z plane or whatever. So you can see it. So I was immediately able to get a feel of like what my how big I was and how, you know, if I moved too quick, it didn't kind of fit the, the physicality. I mean, they, they can also fix all of that stuff afterwards as well. Um, but, uh, but seeing it was like, that was really cool. It's like getting your costume, like on film, it's like, you can, uh, you rehearse at home or you learn your lines and all, and you get to set and maybe you do a walkthrough with your coffee and all, then you go and you get into makeup and you get into your costume. Then it's a whole different feel. And like other little nuances come to your performance because of that. Um, and, but with, when you do a uh, performance cap, usually you, you don't have that usually. Um, but now this new technology shows you what your costume is. And you can move and you go, okay, so this works, but this looks really stupid, you know, things like that. That's why I don't pick my butt in the game. You haven't seen the secret scene they left in the game where Ravis picks his butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was going to say, also, they have a thing now. I went into one session and they just set up a, a, what looked like a regular, like, camera, uh, tricorder or whatever. And, tricorder, no, um, <laughs> you know what I mean, but like a regular camera, a tiny mobile thing. 
but yeah. I sound like an old man. I don't know what the word is for this camcorder. They set it up and they had a wire going to a, a, a laptop and he sets it up and it immediately looks at the entire face and immediately molds the entire face. Isn't that and crazy? And captures all of the all the gestures. I didn't have to put anything on, no dots or anything. And I had headphones on and I could still stand there and do the performance. And they captured all of my face performance for it. And I'm like, that's insane. Now they have AI being able to do it, you know, even better. So um, it's just wild what's going on. Did you find you, 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 you were puffing your chest up a bit as you played this character? Like you, you did move differently. You were moving heavier, when, like when you were on the well, set or not? Well, I did, um, starting in the pandemic, I knew that one day I'd book a gig that would require more weight. So I just gained it over the years. <laughs> Same here, but I wasn't uh, even, didn't even have a role. <laughs> you never know when you get hired though. You might get a job tomorrow. Uh. But no, it was kind of funny because I really wanted to actually to be really buff for it. And I just um, uh, never got around to the workout schedule that I needed to do that. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, for the first uh, like read-throughs, then we did some like walkthroughs without uh, uh, having to be in suit. And I like I've got boots that I love to wear, and I had the boots, and I kept my jacket on, and I just and just so I could have like kind of that bulky feel as I walked around. But it's it's um, a lot of this stuff, um, like with so funny because there's because performance capture really is a, a synthesis of um, that was the word I was looking for earlier, but it's a synthesis of um, the, your your stage, film, TV, acting and your voiceover acting, right? Mm. Um, and because of that, the, the so when you're a voiceover, when I get a character and I get a voice that I have to do, I read the description of what they're looking for. I start to read the dialogue. The dialogue starts to dictate a little bit how you're gonna do the voice. And you, you kind of key into a certain thing. And even in the booth, when you're just using your voice, your body's doing weird little things to create the voice as well, you know? Um, it's just something that, ha it, it's a, they, uh, you might call it a psychological gesture. Sometimes you can you can consciously choose the gesture to create a certain feeling in yourself and then do that gesture before you go to a scene or in a booth. You can do it while you're doing the voiceover or whatever. Uh, but it works both ways. You can also, you you can innately, especially if you've been doing, I've been, in, I've been acting, well, I've been acting since I was seven, but I've been in LA since I was 19. So I've got 30 some odd years. <laughs> but the but when you're in the booth and you start doing it, it, it can just start to come out of it, and it helps it it, it helps uh, um, perpetuate the performance. So for him, it's I mean it's kind of apparent that he's going to be big and moving slow or what have you. Um, I wanted I wasn't sure how big he was, so when I was able to look up at the monitor and I realized oh there he is, um, and I could see it, you know that that then I could I could dictate even further like what gestures kind of sell. It's funny because you think bigger. You might have to do something more to be really seen, but it doesn't. Little things kind of work with them. I was surprised they kept some of the more subtle stuff um, in, in in the game. I haven't seen all. By the way, I haven't seen all of it. Um, I'm saving. I'm saving myself um, for. We're going to stream it. Uh, Are you going to stream it? I, nice. Um, yeah. Well, he well he's going to play it, and I'm going to be on watching it because <laughs> apparently it's it's only single player, I guess, or whatever they call yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't have a PS5, so he's going to plug me in and I'll watch while he plays and I'll try to, you know, mess him up. Cool. Um, but uh, but there was like one of this one of the cutscenes I saw, it's like there's like some subtle stuff that I did at one point and I almost kind of missed it. And they, but they kept it. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool because it's, it is there if you're if you're looking for it, if you're, if you're keyed into the character. So, yeah, in it's funny as I. The game has not been out that long, but I've, uh, of the people that I've, had, I've heard from, you know, that they, it's nice to know that I'm in a character that's in a game. Because I'm not the, 
Ooh, spoiler alerts. No, let's skip that. I'm it's all right. If we can we can say spoiler, and you can go. Everyone knows now. It's spoiler. No, okay. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He's not the main boss, but he is yep. a boss. And uh, and uh, but it's nice to know when you're not like the main because usually if you're the main boss, everyone's going to go, "Oh my god, you're all." But if you're like one of the, just the characters you have to come across, it's like, "Hey, good job" or whatever. But I was getting a lot of nice like people seem to really get stuck on that character, and I'm like, "No, that's not because of my performance per se." It's for all of it. It's the whole combination of everything and how he's written into the story. And I'm like, and it's so cool to be a part of something like that. So um, yeah, he is the great. hardest boss in the game. So you well, are I the main boss, the really. Or is it because he's glitching? <laughs> no, no, he actually is the hardest. He's the toughest boss, especially he on the somebody... hardest difficulty. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Somebody sent me a, a clip of him um, that I guess he did a thing and then he just starts to stutter and all that. And I'm like, going, yeah, that'd be hard to beat. <laughs> but he's like, going, like, there's no way you're gonna get. Through. No, no, that that's that's a very, you know, that's a one in a million sort of glitch. But I feel yeah. like a lot of games these days will put the harder boss not at the end because they want you to go through the struggle, maybe seventy way seventy percent through the game, and then I feel like they make it a bit easier as you go getting towards the end. There, there's something in the psychology of it. I feel like because every game does it these days. Probably more rewarding because if you're if yeah. the final boss is like they spend all that, that energy and that frustration and then they end the game and you're kind of like well cool but <laughs> whereas <laughs> if you have like that one bad one and then you get one final chapter to go through some stuff and you go yes I get a reward I get some sort of you know exactly uh, yeah payback yeah now can you talk to me about the art of the laugh because you've perfected it where a lot of times actors, when they do a laugh for a character, a villain or whoever, it feels false, it feels fake, it feels there's something artificial about it. But when you do it, it feels natural, epic. Talk to me, how do you how do you master the art of the laugh, DC? There's no master. <laughs> it's, that's just, everyone's laugh is everyone's laugh. Listen, when I'm in the booth and I have to laugh as a character, especially when we're doing like just a, an Excel sheet of lines, I'm like, I think that's the fakest laugh I've got. Because at first off, I realized I have to let go of a lot of breath. Something about my lungs or the way that I'm made, I like some people just go, ah, ha, ha, ha. I, I have to go, <laughs> <laughs> like breath has to come out first before I can laugh. And it sounds so fake when it's just doing voiceover. Um, there's no mastering. I will say this. My, uh, I got my laugh from my grandmother on my mom's side, who was a stripper in the, in the 40s and 50s. Um, and wow. she had a cackle. Amazing. Uh, people, you know, she used to annoy people in movie theaters when she would laugh, and she didn't care. And also, she was like very carefree, so she always had that cackle. And I've had that cackle too. It's one of the things I got from her. So that and an ability to strip really well. So, <laughs> oh, so how does it how does it feel to be in a Star Wars project? I know this isn't your first time, but this is probably the meatiest role you've had in the universe. It is absolutely the. Um, <laughs> Because this one's canon. Because I don't think my Lego character is canon. Or would he be? Maybe. Is, are the Legos canon? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, yeah. Who I were you in the Lego one? I was a Medbot or Medbot number two. I have no idea. Okay. Was, but he's a Medbot. I, I, um, and uh, that was a Star Wars. Was it the Awakening one? Lego Awakening? What's the voice no, on that? I'm making it up now. What's the voice on that one? I don't even... Robot voice I'm doing. Uh, I, I don't even. I can't even. 
per call right now. It was like, it's not like it was, it was really one session. Um, and I think I did like 10 voices and that was the one. I knew that when I was doing it, I'm like, I want video of this character. Um, <laughs> the, and then what was the other stars? Oh, the uh, Knights of the Old Republic. That one I ended up doing, God. Here's the thing about that game, because I guess you all know because you've played it, that there's like hundreds of characters. When you went into the voiceover booth, it was literally like a giant phone book. And they would go, go to page 147, you know, let's do that character, which is just one page of dialogue. And it was like all these like, like small random characters. So, and they booked me, I guess it was for four hours. Um, and we went through, so the first two hours we went through and we ended up doing, I don't know how many characters it was, maybe it was a two hour session. And the first hour we went through and we did about, I think about 12 or 15 characters. This is wow. a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I had gotten in trouble with the tea party back then and all that, whatever, screw them. Um, but the, uh, and, uh, but I'd become like, uh, I'd been on like CNN that week and all of that. And the director had been following that stuff and I, and it just slipped down. She's like, wait a minute, you're DC. And I'm like, yes. And she's like, oh my God. And she's like, tell me more. And so we ended up for the whole second hour talking about that. So I would have been twice as many characters in that game, but we, we spent a whole hour just chatting about my own issues. So, <laughs> um, but so yes, Ravis is the very first like full on in there, uh, thing it's, I will say it's almost akin to when I did an episode of Star Trek Enterprise back in 2002, I think, um, where it was like, this is a thing from my childhood and now I'm in this thing. Um, and granted that character was just a guest star for one episode, but I was an alien race and I was in the shuttle and we were being shot at by Klingons. And the way that we had to do the, 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 the thing being hit is we had to literally all go well, three, two, one. Three, two, one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm a kid living out my dreams. So that one was super fun. Um, but it was still fun. Uh, but this this Star Wars stuff, um, it, yeah, it's really cool. It's such an immense universe and getting larger and larger. Um, so it is an honor to be a part of it. And is Ravis, do you think he's completely done? I feel like there's got to be some more, hopefully some more story okay. one like, day. Now, I don't want spoiler alerts because I have not, I would think I'd know how it ends. Um, <laughs> I have not watched it yet. Um, I had a whole idea. You know, apparently there's a thing with Disney where they weren't allowed to show any kind of um, uh, arms getting cut off. It was like like bloodless or whatever. They tried to like not show those stuff. And I'm like, because I had, I go, listen, he's, you know, he's, 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 he's a Gendai. So why don't you just slice him in half? I had this whole thing where I wanted to be a torso and arms and going, I'm not finished like coming at him like that and then he does a thing on the head oops spoiler alert sorry <laughs> <laughs> anyway. yeah. no no it's all right uh, it's fine people need come on uh, but like, but like mm. i described that and the guy's looking at me he's like he's like yeah that ain't happening <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, no, i think i think if they ever go back into the storyline and they decide to like you know uh, uh, bring it in or whatever then then yeah but yeah it's I mean, this is like the fate of the characters that i character i play gets killed it's so rare that they don't even in anime even in like subtle cinematic anime i did this thing called um uh licorice recoil um uh, i played shinji i forget his last name um it's a beautiful character first gay openly gay character i've played in anime and uh beautiful all his wow. scenes were like metabolic things like that they were all very subtle acting cinematic stuff really enjoyable experience last episode i'm killed <laughs> and i'm like come on why does everybody have to die? 
Uh, someone else I interviewed recently said the same thing. They never survive. Some some actors yeah. just get get that they can never return. Usually, it's the lower the voice, the more your odds go up. About, so. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, talk to us about working with Cameron and and some of the other guys that you worked with. How how did that relationship go on? Because you don't get much time to really get to know these people. Sometimes, do you on the set? It's it's a lot about the no. work. But um, no, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this delay is killing my punchlines damn it um i know so uh uh you know you are right though it's because you really don't have too much uh time first off i'm horrible with names so i would love to talk about everybody and name them immediately but i'm like i was on a cartoon for four years and it took me six months to learn people's names that's how bad i am um but uh no cameron it was funny is because the, they started with a, a, a reading of the entire cast and they had people like zooming in from London and uh, I think someone else was in France or something. And I mean, it was like, that was like, I knew it was a big game. I didn't know until I got there and that the way that we were all set up, we're all going to read this 180 page script. And like, there's actors I recognize on the Zoom. And I'm like, going, I know him. And I'm like, and he's taking time out from the movie he's shooting to go <laughs> be a part of this reading. And I'm like, this is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, so it that was cool, but there was because there's so much. Once you're there, there's so much to do. Um, it's not like a lot of sit around and chat time. Like with a excuse me, with a film, they may be doing you know scenes three, three, four, five, and you're not until six or seven. So you can sit there with some other actor and really kind of like just you know uh, job on and get to know them. But with that, it was like you're you're in your suit. You're then it's all the tech stuff, and then they, we have like. Um, warm-up exercises we did it was more tech stuff and then it was like uh into the volume and doing your thing and so there was not a lot of that um and i tend to also i'm not that um loquacious as i am right now when i'm on set but uh but camera i mean camera was in everything so like it was not much time to like like uh, have any like casual conversation with, but he was very professional he's a he's a he's um i mean he's, he's he's got a sense of humor but he's a very serious dude when he's working um, he's very focused and, uh, and and he's very detail oriented on what, especially with that character. He really he owns that character, um, and so he's protective of it. And he he wants to be everything that he does, from like literally the stances to how he's using his, his equipment. Um, but you know, but all of that stuff. He's uh, uh, that was really impressive to watch. Um, I think I, there was one point I kind of can't. No, I don't remember that story. There's a story where I was a little confused as to what we were doing because there was some of the action stuff mm. we were how do i explain it we were okay so we had stunts doubles or not, not doubles but there's everybody's a double and it's mocap um but there were these stunt guys there and his so i'm doing the scene the fighting scene with his stunt double and he's doing it with my stunt double but when we were choreographed or not choreographing we were like doing a slow walkthrough they made us do it with each other. And I was like, and then when we went to go shoot it, and again, it's not like a movie set. I'm used to movie sets, you know, the bell rings, things like, you know, it's going to be a shot. Like it was like rehearse. It was hard to tell, are we rehearsing or is this actually happening? And then all of a sudden he moved over. And so I stepped over and he's like, no dude. And I'm like, no, we're going to do it. Like, he's like, no, we're filming it now. And I go, right. Shouldn't we be doing it? He's like, no, you do it with the, and I'm like, oh, I do it with the stunt guy. I thought I did it with you. And it's like, very confusing, uh, um, but they're doing it at the same time because 
that's one of the benefits of you know uh you know the the, the computer is like you know it's going to move the, they're going to switch it back to each other later on so that is um, confusing with the other stuff, actual physicality is just right so it's very trippy i don't even know how to explain it yeah i may even be remembering that whole experience incorrectly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Richard was fucking fantastic. Yeah, um, I, I've I've seen him. We've been at conventions together, and he's just such a sweetheart. Such a um, uh, he's a joyful person. I really like him. Mm. Um, so it was fun with him a couple of the days that I was there. Um, I'd never. Um, I'm gonna be bad. I'm gonna forget her last name right now. Um, Deborah Wilson. Yep. Yeah, Deborah Wilson. Yep. What an amazing human being she is. Um, she made little gifts for us when she'd show up. She um she also has as it. I don't know if it's spiders or snakes or there's some. She's got she's got like pet her, tarantulas, her whole... yeah. Yes, tarantulas. That's right. Yeah, she's got like literally she's living like a weird legend out in like Silver Lake or something. Like there's a whole other world to her that is so fascinating. She's um, it's funny because she's a badass, and you're like going with with her her look and her tats and all of that. And I'm like going, you don't fuck with that person. And then she comes over and she's like, here's my heart. And it's like, she's got the most immense heart. It's amazing. She's a super beautiful person. Did super you beautiful. Did you have a scene in her, with her? I'm trying to, I don't think you did, did you? No. No. We had no scenes. So we only had each other in days when we, they happened to be doing, like I'd be there at the end of the day. The yeah. thing is, is they usually had everybody gear up at the same time, even though some of you would be shooting until the end of the day kind of thing. Uh, so I'd see her on like some that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think one day she actually came to the set yeah, because I think we were near the end of the shoot, and she just came by just to say hello and goodbye to everybody because it was near the end of the, of the, the uh, performance cap shoot. So, yeah. So last one on Ravers. Uh, what did you What did you love about him, and what was different about him? And then, thirdly, spoilers, everyone: the death scene. Talk to us about shooting that. I'm not a politician, so all of a sudden I've forgotten the first part. Of this. <laughs> it's a three-parter. Even even Joe Biden won't take a three-parter. Um, <laughs> oh shit! Uh, what did you love about him, and what was different? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what I loved about him, first off, I always love being the badass. That is, that's there's nothing beats being the badass in the room, knowing that you're going to be able to kick everybody's ass. Um, the the fact that you have an entrance, you know, mm. when you get one of those like. Literally, if you were to hear the original taping of the of the mocap, um, I I did the sound effects of myself walking out because I wanted like Cameron and everybody else to hear me. So I was like, boom, 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 <laughs> like, like I was like a kid. Um, and uh, uh, so, but what is nice is the. Um, I mean, I felt invincible anyway as the character, and you kind of he kind of is in a lot of respects. I mean, he is, uh, spoiler alert, he is. The only reason he ultimately dies is because he allows it to happen. Um, Once that warrior is uh, dead, wanted, hey? Yes, he just wanted to be honorable, that's all. Um, it was, uh, uh, so but, but what I loved, so what I loved about him was obviously the badassery of it, but I also loved the fact that he was very, there, there was a, um, a bit of a nuance to him that usually isn't with those kinds of characters in, in, in sci-fi games. Um, usually it's the, uh, uh, I was gonna say his name wrong, Dagen or Dagen? It's Dagen or Dagen? Dagen, yeah, Dagen, yeah. Dagen, yes. I always got that wrong. So, but like, like Dagen is the one that's gonna have, you know, the conflicts and all the other stuff going on. But usually the, the side guy is like the muscle and just literally the muscle that regrows. 
Um, and for him to have his own journey and his own, you know, he's got some animosity towards Dagan and he's got uh, some respect for the, the one that he does, want, you know, either wants to kill or have, be killed by. Um, and the history of what it is to be either killing that Jedi or the Jedi to be taking your life and what that means for you and your species. I mean, there's like some lot of heady stuff that's within it. So I loved all of that about this character that they had all that in there. For, for somebody who really is just there to impede your progress in the game, um, that, was, that was very cool. So that's what I loved about him. And what was that? And the other one was the, the final death scene, shooting that. How did you feel once it was wrapped up and, and all of that? Oh, that was it. It, it, it was, I mean, it's so funny because there were two ways of looking. I mean, first off, I have a technical issue with it that I'm like going, I thought that it could only be incinerated. You had to incinerate the head. Um, but I guess the lightsaber would incinerate it. I was a little bit, that's why I was like, hey, just slice me in half and let me crawl after him. But that would not be an honorable death. <laughs> yeah, it's going um, against the story of it. A little bit. <laughs> it, you know what's interesting is is when you because for as emotional as that character, I mean that character can only get so emotional. But as an actor, like kind of having some of that emotion while you're performing it, um, yet knowing that it's going to all be glossed over with CGI, is kind of interesting. And that the only organic aspect of any emotion that you're feeling may be heard in the voice. Um, it's 50-50 if you're going to see any of it in um, facial gesture stuff, because a lot of times, especially on that kind of a character, the emotion is, is subtle. Um, I haven't seen that scene, by the way, so and I, I'm going to see Oh, I was going to say there is an emotional part of it where I'd forgot the line, <laughs> but there's, there's, a, there's, a mo there's a line where you can really see the emotion. I just forgot what the line was. I'll, I can pull it oh, up. Oh, me? Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Yeah. There was one, there's the one, I think it's the beginning of the battle where he comes in and, I'm, and I've got this the, the device thing. And I said, I just want to do this like yanking thing as I said, each one of my things and get like more worked up as I said each day. I saw a little bit of that. Um, I'm trying not to watch these things. These I know, I know. But, but it was like, watch that. And I'm like, going, oh, God, that's good. <laughs> somebody, somebody, somebody texted me and they said, um, uh, they're a big Star Wars fan, a friend of mine. And, uh, and then they said, how did you come up with the pronunciation of Jedi? And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Um, and then I saw that scene that I talked about and the beginning of it where he's like, Jedi. And I'm like, oh, that's what he means. And what that comes from, first off, it's, it's Ravis is being derogatory when he's saying it. Um, also, it's like, I haven't said this in a long time, so let me enjoy saying what this that is. That was beautiful delivery. Yeah, I have to agree. But there I'm kind of ripping off another actor from the original Star Wars. Oh, uh, yeah. Who, uh, yeah. I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a bit of that. Yeah. It's the same thing. So, but it's, it's, but you think of it, just try it yourself. Just say Jedi. It feels really good to say that. It's like, so like oh. You haven't seen your work, but all the comments on YouTube, uh, they're, they're literally, that is some great acting right there. This is peak oh. acting. Yeah, it's just over and over. Ravis is awesome. Oh, the way he delivered nice. "It's fake" was incredible. The way he screamed "It's fake." So, oh, you know what that story's about? Yeah, I gotta tell you that story. Yeah, please. So first off, that originally that was not my choice. I was playing the scene. Uh, uh, we weren't sure. It was really funny because, especially with sometimes, we're like, is, "Are they surrounded by townspeople, or is there nobody here?" And, and the programmer's like, "We're not sure." 
we might put them there. We might not. <laughs> We're like, okay. Thanks so for the help. Say yeah. it loud. So you have to say it loudly. Like there might be a lot of people here, or I'm just being, you know, presentational about, you know, our authority in this area. Um, and then the whole fake line is, um, I wasn't doing it as big as that. I was doing a smaller version of that when I'm like, it's fake and that stuff. Um, and then, and then there was one take, like I said, Tom loves to play. And he said, he said, this one, he's like, just, you have been looking for this thing and every, and, and you were tired of all the fuck ups of everybody and all it's like, just let it all out, you know, which is also, this was after we had a discussion about how much, um, again, I are full of rage to begin with. Uh, and I'm like, okay. I'm going to, you may have to take me off the ceiling, but I'll go for it. So that was that take with the screaming thing. Wow. And, um, and it, it, here's the thing. It felt really good, which made me think that they're not going to use it because usually when the actor's like, oh, that felt great. They're like, yeah, too much. Um, yeah. But then yeah. we voiceover sessions later on um, for all the other stuff that you don't need a performance cap for. And, um, and they go, okay, do you see, here's the scene and they, they, we're just going to replace this one line and they play it and it's that line. And they go, we, it, it's, the feeling is that it's just maybe too big. So maybe if you could just bring it down and like, we're trying to match the, the timing and all that. And I'm going, it's thick. And I'm like, it just did not work. And I'm like, and I was bummed because I loved the, the actual performance of it. But again, I want the producers happy. Whoever's hired me, I want you to be happy. Um, so I tried to make it work in the voiceover session. And, and they go, yeah, one of these might work or something like that. And the other guy, and, you know, it's all zoomed in. So there's like, I don't know, eight people on the session. And like one of the guys is like, but I kind of like the original better. And someone else is like going, yeah, the feedback we got on the play from the so-and-so group is that they love that. And it's like, yeah, but we want to be sure because we think the so-and-so people, the corporate people or whatever, are not going to like it because it's too much. It was like amazing the, the like what went into that one line. Um, and then later on when I saw they kept it, I'm like, yeah, baby. And then it's nice <laughs> to know that well so yeah it's so funny like things sometimes come down to the smallest stuff like like jedi or you know fake. but they can stick for years can't they even the smallest change you, and you have no oh, idea I and then me. it becomes a thing tell me about it <laughs> every time like i'm telling my friend uh, who's a big resident evil fan and i'm like going our uber will be here in seven minutes and they're like oh, oh god <laughs> <How many times? laughs> mate even it's so in built in that that when I posted the first Raver scene on YouTube, the comments were filled with that because they knew it was you. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not even nothing to do with Resident Evil. And we're still doing this right. bit. Uh, so you just yeah, can't get away from some, that. Some, yeah, some games really just like hook into people's psyche at a different age or a certain age. So they, they stays with them. How does it feel to be done with that character, by the way, DC? Um, Wesker, and how do you look back on uh, on your time on that series as Wesker? Because you are a lot of people's favourite uh, version of the character. I, I look at it as wasted time. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love being the contrarian. Um, oh, my God. I mean, like, look, it's like it, it, it was an interesting trip, right? Um, the uh, I didn't know that... That was really my, I, before him, I had been doing these like JRPG sessions, but they were literally like, come in for three hours, here's your pay, and it was some game, I don't understand it, and it was like, kind of like, almost like kabuki acting in some respects, and then I'd leave, and um, and, and so that was my experience, like, with, 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 except for the very first gig I ever had of a video game was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. At least that I understood, because it was on a TV show, 
based off of a you know their villain who's a little Weskerish as well. Um, and uh, uh, so when I did the when I got the Umbrella Chronicles, um, it was I'd spent so much time trying to. Hey, this is actually a, a metaphor for most of my career. I've spent most of my career being just basically insecure. I think as a lot of actors are. But when I would, but when I get the job, to, or is when the insecurity usually goes into high gear. And I was trying to impersonate Peter Jessup for for that um, because that's the voice they play, and they go, "Your voice matching as best you can." And so even in the performance of it, in the recording of the session, it was like all I didn't I didn't get to have, give much time to the performance as I was technically trying to stay within the voice. Um, and so. It was not like it was. It's not an. Un, it was not an unenjoyable experience, but it wasn't enjoyable. It was just. It was just a work, and I did it. Then to find out it's a huge game, and then to find out I've been bringing it back for RE five. Then it was like, well, maybe now I can do more stuff with it. And then they play Richard Paul's voice, and they're like, going, try to be as close to this voice as you can. And I'm like, I'm not even prepared for this, and I've got metal dots all over my face. There's cameras pointing at me, and now I all of a sudden have to be this thing. So I didn't really have the time to really enjoy being. Uh, Wesker in RE5, but it wasn't until after RE5 it took off to where I could go, uh, I'd get these other side games, little things, come in for a half hour here, an hour there, or whatever. I ended up doing like 10 games, I think, nine or 10 games at the end. Um, mm. And I'm like, then I'm like, well, now I've like, I've been doing his voice at conventions. I've like been making these fan videos for fans because I've never had fans like that before. So that's been fun. Now all of a sudden the voices become mine. Now I'm in it. Like now I can have fun with it. And like the last one I did was, I think 2019 was Teppen. And uh, uh, and that was one of those ones where talk about protecting your character. It's like he had a line where he's like, he's like, you have five minutes, and I'm like, guys, five minutes? Can it be seven minutes? Come on! And like, and they, they had the people from Japan on, and they like they did the translation. And they came back and they're like, no, it's five minutes. And I'm like, what a missed opportunity! But okay, we'll say five minutes then. <laughs> but so uh, I am grateful for the journey of it. Um, it was it was really wild to learn about video games through that character. To um, you know, to learn about fandoms and to learn about the difference of fandoms because RE fans mm -hmm. are very different from Mass Effect fans, which are very different from Transformers fans, mm -hmm. and I'm sure I'm going to learn very different from Star Wars fans. Um, and uh, so all of that was it, it was it was a fun ride, but also it's good that it's over because um, one, I'm 57 and I didn't want to be uh, so I was doing a notorious erotic fanfic show. Um, that I had uh, pulled together about eight years ago, performed it around the world. Um, well, in England at least, um, <laughs> and, and then all around the United States. And it was such a fun show. And it was like, a, it had evolved. And, and you can see it on YouTube, by the way. You can see it on YouTube. You go to dcdouglas.com slash erotica. It'll take you to the YouTube video. Um, it was the last time I performed it was at DragonCon. So, but when, um, uh, when the remakes came, I realized, you know, they're, they're gonna, obviously going to be having new voices for the remakes, which makes sense. I'm the longest running voice actor for one character in that universe. They've always like had a habit of really. Just, like, wow. That's cool. Up. Well, if you go back and you look at it, like, like who else has done nine games? Is that, is no, you're right. Some you're of right. Them, you know, but not, it's so rare that you have that many. Um, and so I'm kind of proud that I have that, that, that under my belt, but also it's like, yeah, it's like if RE5 came around again, for, for a remake, which is probably what in a couple of years or whatever, I imagine. I'm like, I'm gonna be 60 something. I'm like, I, I don't want to, you know, it's like, have, have a younger dude be that, that now. I'm like, now let me go be Gandalf or something. Um, <laughs> and the, uh, 
Yeah, so I'm so so that part uh, I get, and so like with the notorious erotic fanfic show, as much as I love doing it, it's so fucking fun, and it's comedy. When you watch the video, you realize it's yeah. We see a lot of it's a comedy things, show, isn't it? Comedy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but I'm like, I don't want to be in my 60s doing this show because that to me is just kind of weird. Um, and so at DragonCon, I did my final performance of it, and it was really fun. Uh, it was a standing room only, so that was cool. Um, and yeah, so it's like I've um, I love him. And I, uh, I'm grateful to the fandom. And uh, and the thing too is like, I'll still have people coming up to me when I'm 70 going, you know, I loved you as Western Party 5, said the 40 year old to the 70 year old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, I'll, and I'll be grateful for that. I still think that that's cool. So, but uh, yeah. And I'm uh, one of the things that, that is consistent for me, aside from being insecure when I get roles, um, is also change. I always embrace change because change always leads to something. Um, more interesting, um, usually, unless you lose a limb. <laughs> but even that could actually lead to something interesting, come to think of it. So, yeah. That's like a weird it. way to end that old. No, right. no, I've, I've got a follow up anyway. So we won't end it on that. The Do you have any advice for the new Wesker actor stepping into that? No. Those shoes. Don't listen to other actors who've done the voice saying, here's some <laughs> advice. <laughs> That was the worst thing. Like, I got it. It's so funny you bring it up now that I think about it. It's like, because my whole thing was like, I didn't know, I didn't know Richard Waugh back then. And I'm like, I wonder what Richard Waugh thinks, blah, blah, blah. I saw Peter Jessup. We had the same agent. So when I did the first game, I saw him in the waiting room back when we weren't doing booths. And I said, hey, um, and I go, just, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I did the thing and all that. And he's like, he's like, he's like it's cool. So he's like, it's good. And it's like, good for you. Congrats. And I'm like, oh, cool. So he was cool about it. He's, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, but Richard Waugh, I had no idea. Then uh, um, Adrian Huff uh, and I are friends. Uh, we met at a convention that we've been friends on Instagram or whatever. And then every now and then he comes to LA and we'll meet for dinner and all. And he came to LA and he's like, I've got a friend I want you to meet. And it was Richard. We all ended up oh. at a bar on Sunset Boulevard um, and got fairly tipsy and then did a <laughs> Wesker off, which is kind of, um, but such a wonderful, he's such a wonderful human being. And at that moment, it was so, that was the neat thing, was to know that there was, was just, and by the way, I envy his career. He's got a great on-camera career in Canada. Um, but I, it was, I, when I got his blessing, that was really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so like the new guy, like the new guy's a whole different direction. And I'm like, cool. Now we're going to go, you know, a little WrestleMania danger. Okay. <laughs> so I have, yeah, so I have no advice for that man. He knows what he's doing and that would be as fun. And, uh, yeah, so. Hey, can you talk to me? I don't think we talked about this last time, but Legion and in Mass Effect and the other characters that you did, can you just give us a couple of stories about that? Because how much does that game mean to you? Because that, that, those games are considered some of the best of all time in gaming history, you know, the Mass Effect trilogy. So I'm just curious That's- what how you feel about that all, all these years later and, because I know you reconnect with the band sometimes for events and stuff like that, and that's always cool to see. I, no, I was talking about how fandoms are different, um, and there's like a personality to the fandoms themselves, and the Mass Effect fandom. And I know there's crossovers as well, overlaps. Whatever, yeah, yeah. But the Mass Effect fans that are there is. Um, uh, I'm trying to wholesome. I'm choosing my words carefully. No. Well, no, it's a positive. I'm just trying to. I, I'm trying to make sure that it doesn't reflect any weird on any other fandoms. But there, there is a. Um, there's a calmness. There we go. There's a calmness in that fandom. 
um, and uh, uh, you know, all all fandoms have uh, uh, there's an intellectual component to it, but there's definitely like a, a, a maturity. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a, there is. Come right, on, yes, I'll say it for you. There is, there is a maturity. Yes, yes, there is. Yes, thank you. Okay, that is it, and and so that's kind of, and that is. Uh, and that is because of the types of games that those are. Now, as far as my experience with Legion, got to remember the only big game that I did, because Bucket of Vampire Slayer in 2000, I don't know how big that got, but I never got convention invites. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, but so I'd only gone through the whole thing of trying to be Peter Jessup and Richard Law in, in the Albert Wesker stuff. And then I get a call, and this like happened literally like a year later or whatever from RE5 was... Um, Here's this other game. You just got cast. Uh, had no idea what it was. Didn't know that there was one already out. And I went in. And Ginny McSwain, that's what I met her. Such a wonderful director. So I was like a firecracker of a person. Um, and uh, she moves a mile a minute. And uh, But she's also like, come into the booth for a second. Sit down. She just wanted to be like, she wants to know who she's working with. And so we, we chatted for like 10 minutes. And then explained the character. Said this is the first time the character has spoken. Um, and you are the voice for the species. And I'm like, this is an honor. Um, but it was, I mean, there's nothing, you know, um, voice-wise, like, you know, there's actors that have 150 voices and stuff like that, and creature voices and things, and I'm not one of those guys. I, I, I can take it till I make it kind of thing, which is what I've been doing. Um, but this, this this required me to do my own voice, really. Um, uh, yeah. Morning after coffee and pop up the plump and then do it. And... Um, so I just all relied on the, the, the story, the words, what they had written, uh, and the acting, of, like putting in whatever subtle emotion. Because it was this thing where they wanted a balance between uh, something that's robotic, but that's also emotional, like a howl, but not devious. <laughs> you know? um, and uh, so it was, it, was a, it was a wonderful experience to work on. The second game, the second one I did, which was the third game, yeah. was fascinating because it, doing, Legion so, is subtle acting to begin with. And then they're having me do, um, there's the general legion, but if you let legion die in the second game, there's the legion that doesn't know you. So he's colder. And then there, if you kept me alive, then there's the legion who does know you. And he's crazy. How do you navigate all this as an actor? Well, as best you, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of weird because when you're in the, like, I can tell you right now. But in the moment, they go, this is what we're doing. And then you just, in your mind, go, you just see warmer colors. And then it, it affects what you're doing. And you're just staying in that zone. And then the zone is done. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I can't really say what specifically, technically, I'm doing. I just know that you, you're given a direction. You, like a psychic, you hold the direction in your mind. Um, <laughs> and if, if you've been doing it long enough, you know, like the body knows what to do with those words. And then it changes the performance. This is why... I was on, I'm on skills up. You guys should go check it out. I don't, uh, I had to tell them to put me on leave because I realized I can't teach. There are people that can teach this. I, 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 I can't. I'm like, there's, it's a, it's an old famous actor from the thirties. They go, how do you, how do you do what you do? And he's like, I don't know. How do you bake a cake? You put the apron on, you get the ingredients, you just make it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. So like, a lot of my experience is that like, if, if you were to ask me the same question 25 years ago, I would go, well, yeah, I thought about this and I tried to make my voice like this. Like, it'll be all very specific. But after all this time, I don't. Um, you just uh, feel it. Do that with flow. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to sound like an, one of those uppity or whatever. Those like, you know, man, it's just like, it's going to be the spirit of the actor. 
but but there is a part of it it's like there's a thing you get to a certain age like if you're working on cars your whole life you know you know you look at the 20 year old mechanic and he's like hang on let me get the manual again he's looking up the things but you talk to that six-year-old mechanic and just this is the car and he touches it and he's like oh yeah that's the carburetor yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so mass effect it's still a treat to meet those fans and and just reconnect with that game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I got fingers crossed. I haven't heard anything, um, but the I know that they're working on a fifth one, and yeah. the teaser poster they put out got some interesting hints towards Legion, and I don't know if it's more of an homage to the dead species or if there's or if it's an intimation that that the species will be back because I am the voice of all of them. When you go through, I think there's the archives or whatever, their history, you hear all the other different uh, guests speaking, and I'm it's different versions of my voice. So let's say they pitch them up or down, that kind of thing. But it's all still me. So, um, so Let's hope crossed. so, yeah. yeah that would <laughs> yeah. be very exciting. Uh, i got a couple more for you. I want to know what you character love- would you love to have had more time with over your career? If you could pick one and, and give him – a bit more meat on the bone, who would it be? Oh God. Well, I mean, yes, I would have loved to, I would love to have gone back and done another game uh, as Wesker, like an original game. Um, yeah. I always thought they were going to go back in timeline or something because I, 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 I finally owned the voice, but after the big game, you know, uh, yeah. I owned it for, I loaned it for all the other ones that nobody gives a shit about. So. <laughs> And so, and I would have liked to have gone back. I'm not sure if they would. It seems like they're doing it with the remakes, but but uh, but that they allow the acting just to be a little more natural because they really pushed it in the, the direction when we were doing RE5 to be more operatic and and you know, um, black and white in performance. So that so that one I would have liked for that part of it. But uh, as far as remakes, no. I think it's, it makes so much more sense to have new voices for remakes. Um, and I'm sorry, that WrestleMania voice guy. I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Um, but that's a sexy voice. Um, and I think it's Craig. So much more I think it's Craig. What's that? Craig? I, I think it's Craig. I could be wrong, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, you all can Google it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sexy voice. Um, and so that's kind of neat to see where, where they go with that. Um, and as far as other characters, obviously I would, well, you see more meat in the belt. Legion has all the meat you need. Um, <laughs> put that on a- <laughs> <laughs> but as far as, as far as other because I'm not in a lot of games, I'm in a lot of smaller smaller things that like. The, the that's what I mean. Are. One of these smaller projects is there one that stood out where you go, oh, I wouldn't mind returning, coming back. Well, I mean, as I mentioned, it's so funny. So I'm on a uh, there's fun ones like I'm in a, this thing called um, uh, Welcome to Demon School of Rumukun. Um, at least we've done three seasons, or maybe a fourth season coming. I don't know. But that character is so fun to do. But that character is that character. And it's like, it's more just like, it pleases the, uh, makes me think of me as an actor in high school. And I loved all the fun farcical stuff and just like having fun. But that character gets, feeds that part of me. So, but I get, I'm being fed with that. Licorice Recoil, when that character, um, like they got renewed for a second season. It's so funny. They came, they were like on the session, is the final session where I die? And they go, hey, DC, we're, we've got a second season. Oh, We've got a second season. <laughs> <laughs> but I would have right. done that character 
as it really was um, just some wonderful, nuanced, um, sometimes sexy, excuse me, scenes. I see sexy and group. That's great. But anyway, the but really interesting stuff that, that was for that character in that game. So I would have enjoyed having done him more. I thought there could have been more for him, but um, yeah. But for the most part, you know, I'm like I said, I embrace change. Change is a big thing for me. And so uh, it's more about what new things are coming. I'm working on something now that will be pretty big too. Um, I'll tell you that I'll, I'll uh. make this promise. Comes out, you'll want to do another interview with me. Oh, okay. That means it's that means it's pretty good, you know. I only yes. interview the best of the best, you know. No. Yeah, absolutely. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Awesome. Um, Wait, I put on a space screen. Paper. I hope that's playing for you guys. It's beautiful. I love. It's giving me just a chill out vibes, you know. All we're missing is a nice. is a beverage. But it might be a bit early yeah, here. A beverage. Yeah, a few more. Chat GPT, you've been dabbling in this, haven't you, lately? And AI, and are you, are you, I'm kind of like, we've got to control it because how, what, what if it goes no, off on its own? You know what? Stay on the planet. Come on. Um, <laughs> what's, what, what have we done for this planet that's good? The human race has not been good for this planet at all. We've done nothing to help the planet. So uh, from the planet's perspective, it's like, hey, if the AI can, like, you know, solve all the problems and get rid of the people that keep, like, you know, strip mining me, then sure, let's do it. Um, it here's what I, okay, so chat GPT. I'm fucking I'm so into AI. I love it. Um, here's the thing. The, 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 I've used it to write some code for me for uh, a part of my website that I was working on. I, I, I I was in Photoshop and I, and it was a simple thing. I couldn't figure out how to get rid of these guidelines, the guide uh, ruler things that were on there. And I'm like, I could Google that because I was like, what's in the menus? And I go, where the fuck is it in the menus? So then I went to ChatGPT and I just asked and it told me. And in a minute I was, I had it fixed it. And I'm like, thank you, ChatGPT. That wouldn't have happened with Google. Um, the, I've had uh, articles, uh, things that I was like writing or letters to people. And I like, I put it through there and I go, how do I say this more concisely? And it gives it to you. I, there was a video that was all about, I'm, I do day trading stuff. And, and so this is a video and I'm like, it was like a 40 minute video. And I'm like, I just want the highlights of this video. Like what are the main points? Because there's it, a lot of beginner info in there and you can put, you can say, um, give it the link and you have to give it the title. Otherwise it gets fucked up, but you give it the title and you go summarize this video. It's a 40 minute video. <laughs> Immediately. I had all the main chapters of what it was about. Um, and then it took, a little, bad. Couple different ways. It, it, it took me a couple different ways to ask the question, but I got it to give me the time stats for those as well because they weren't in the video. Um, and uh, now I had a gig yesterday. Uh, just It's a JRPG, uh, but an interesting character, beautiful picture of the character. He's an older man. And, um, but then the, the bio for him, because I like to, you know, when they send me the link, I'm like, I'll take a look at it. You know, I, I don't spend too much time, but I... I'll get the idea of the character and the, a voice I'll do, and then we'll see what we come up with when we get in the booth. And yeah. but the, the the bio for him is like a fucking book, and I'm like, my guys, like I mean, I know you're in love with your 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 game, and good for you, but like the actor just needs a quick thing, and like so I copied the whole thing, went over to ChatGPT, pasted it in, and I go summarize this in three paragraphs, and it gave me the summary of the character, and then I said, based on what I've given you. What would be the voice qualities of this character? I forget how I wrote it. I wrote it in such a way because the first one I didn't like and the second one I said, okay. 
and it gave me the voice qualities. And then I said, after the hell of it, I go, what famous people sound like these cuz And it gave me a list. All of them but one word. Wow. One of them was Celine Dion. <laughs> that is crazy. It, wow. There's ways that, that are, could be really helpful. Um, that was like, the other one, I've done, I don't cook, but there's this thing apparently where if you just like, if you, you want to make something, but you don't know what to make because what you've got in your kitchen, you just tell it what you have in your kitchen and you go, what can I make from this? And it'll give you, a, it'll tell you what you can make and, and how to do it. It's really pretty cool. So, but yeah, are we, is it going to get, you know, there's going to be bad actors that are going to come out there. They're going to use this technology when it gets smarter and they're going to try to make the death robots because everybody wants an army of robots to kill the other people. Um, and is there any way to stop that? Probably not. But what you can do is we'll be gone uh, by but then. But if you look, oh, <laughs> there's that too. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. You think you will be, but here's the most astonishing thing about AI is that what? What is the term for it? It's not um, uh, uh, exponential. It's double exponential. There's an actual phrase for that, and that's what AI is is learning. It's learning at a double exponential rate, and just remember that keeps doubling and doubling and doubling. So what you think won't happen until 2030 could happen in two years, could happen next year. That's how fast it's going. And the only way to stop it is to unplug it. <laughs> and, but everyone has got versions of this now. There's like, you go to GitHub, you can, you can get your own AI. If you get enough uh, processing power, you can-, you can you But can that's what I'm saying. Shouldn't there model. be policies to make sure there's some plans in place well, for the hey, future? But like the, the, I'm sure you, maybe you, I don't know if you've seen this video, there's that famous video that came out about a month and a half ago or whatever, um, where uh, some of these programmers from AI all got together, brought all the uh, Cupertino execs, uh, uh, power movers into a room and gave them a 90 minute presentation about the dangers of AI. And um, and, the, and one of the, the best uh, parallel, I guess, that you can come up with is they said, think of uh, 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 the nuclear bomb. The atomic bomb. Once they created that, they immediately moved to a place of how do we stop the arms race? Because it's going to be an arms race now. So how do you get it under control? And if you look at it, like there's only so many countries that have it now, and all these other countries that don't want it because we granted we're not in a great place, but we're in a far better place now than we were in like 1950. Um, and that there may be something to the effect that, that that'll be implemented with AI. And again, there'll still be bad actors. There'll still be that one guy that gets that 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 you know program some robot, robots to go in and blow up a, a building or something. Uh, but um, so there's, there's, there's things that, that may be done. And again, also, we can't, we can't even um, imagine what it can become. Mm. Um, and, and so you're regulating something that you don't even know the full ramifications of yet. We, so we're going to continually get to new levels where we go, okay, now we should probably regulate that part or we should regulate that part. But as they, as these guys, these um, it's the guys who also made the film, um, the social dilemma. I think it's called the social dilemma about social media. Um, and we haven't solved the social media problem yet. It's the 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 depression that kids get from using it. The um, uh, the amount of misinformation that goes on there, and uh, there there's and there's so many bad actors that are involved in in social media. And you've got people saying free speech, meaning be anonymous and spread all this bullshit out there. It's like, how do you regulate all of that stuff? Mm. Um, we haven't even figured that out. So argument-wise, it's like, yes, we do need to regulate AI, but we, st we still have a mess over here in social media that we haven't taken care of, um, oh, which is the way no. of our race. It's like, we're always like, you know, it's always but, like 30 years later, we're like going, I can fix that now. Yeah, <laughs> the, 
There's a game called Detroit. I have to bring it back to games just because it's me. But there's a game called Detroit Become Human where it's about this thing where the robots are living among the humans and they're sort of considered like another race in the game. But they're, you know, obviously not treated the same. And you just wonder if that could ever happen and your mind starts to wonder. It's really crazy when you when you think about it. Well, if you it. also think about it too... We're really strange in that we assume, um, you know, when we look for life forms, our protocol, you know, are they carbon based? Do they, you know, the things that are like us, that's how we determine what life is or that, you know, our consciousness. But like, we can only understand what our brains allow us to understand. Like, we're not even using the majority of the brain matter that's in our heads. But we just imagine that AI is going to surpass us to a point where we will then put in the question, how do I, how do I utilize more of my gray matter? And then it will figure it out. It will be like, oh, shit. So, you know, in that way, it could actually help us. So, Or it could go, don't worry. You're not going to be around long enough to, <laughs> to make that work. <laughs> uh, so I could technically put into JetPG from our chat today, give me the timestamps, and it would say we talked about Ravis here, Resident Evil here. That's what it could do for it me could, right now. I'll have to try it. I yeah, just I remember you put, it, you, put, you, put in, you say summarize this video, the link, uh, and then put title, full colon, and the title, and then that'll do it. If you don't put the title, it's sometimes it's like a like a weird like a like a Google bot that goes onto a page and it looks at the ad and thinks the whole page is about that ad. <laughs> but if you give it the title, it goes, oh, look at that video. Okay, so uh, yeah, oh. there we go. And it's weird because will fuck with you it'll go i'm sorry i'm not i i cannot uh my learning ended on like november whatever 2021 about the internet and i'm like do you have access to the internet now yes i do and i'm like well then you fucker go look at it now <laughs> oh i'm sorry yeah i'll look at it now <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta, brilliant tumultuous relationship for the most part it's rewarding so <laughs> i'm letting you check uh is there anything you wanted to say uh to the fans today dc that have uh tuned in no, um, <laughs> no, uh, just the, this is, um, it's been, this is a kind of wild and wonderful career and uh, it's neat to be a part of these things. I'll never fully understand or appreciate the games like the fans do. Um, and so that's why it's nice to be in touch with fans that can, um, you know, help me get it, you know. Um, but in regard, uh, all in all, yeah, no, it's been a fun ride. So, And uh, anything else you wanted to, you got that stream coming up? When's that happening? Do you know yet? Yeah, we don't know what day we're going to start doing it. Again, I, I do everything. kind of. I've stopped kind of doing the whole promo stuff on my things. Uh, yeah, you just wing just it. I'm getting to that age where I just don't really care. But, um, <laughs> I'm looking about retirement. I just want my island and uh, my island living and I'll be happy. But we're going to probably, uh, by the end of this month or in June, um, start streaming uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, and my friend will be playing and I'll be commenting. And... Uh, and I'll post that uh, on uh, Instagram uh, at MRDC Douglas, Mr. DC Douglas, um, or you, on Twitter. But I'm, you know what you should I'm do? I'm actually thinking about it. You would get rid of it? <laughs> and I'm like, it's. I don't like, use it anymore. I, a, I just think Instagram is a far. Uh, what I, Instagram forces you to have more of an artistic appreciation of things, it eliminates a lot of the toxicity. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see any toxicity on Instagram compared to Twitter. Man, the difference it's so is. Much easier to filter it out. 
yeah. you have to go into the comments on the real political things and even then it's like kind of a pain and then you're like this is a waste there's more pictures and videos to look at i'll go away yeah. <laughs> scroll away yeah. where with twitter it's just all that it's like let's get with our outrage so yeah and the, the the people that were fun to follow that had like they were super intelligent that wrote these interesting you know threads and things they've all gone off to Substack and all those other places and it's like yeah and also it's it's funny is having been banned from it is time management i'm like i don't just spent a lot of time on twitter back in the day and i'm like i don't want to i i've learned how to do other things outside of my phone and i don't think i want to you know go back so I don't know. I might just set up an IFFT thing where it auto posts over to Twitter. I might do something like that. Yeah. But I got rid of Facebook altogether. I couldn't. Um, I know their own. I know they own IG and all that. But Facebook, again, it's the way its structure is. It's also, also, is it me or is Facebook like, I swear to God, it's like a shack that's falling apart. Like I click to go to get the notifications yeah. for my page. It sends me to another portion of the web. And then I click on a thing and I can't see. It's like, I sound like an old guy. I really, I know I sound like an old no, guy. No, no, I don't but use no, it. Either. I only use Messenger on Facebook. I don't, I don't post on it or anything. Yeah, yeah. They made it's just so convoluted now the way they've made it, and, and uh, yeah, it's. Um, I don't buy their stock. <laughs> uh, and when you when you do play that uh, Jedi Survivor with your friend, do me a favor. When you get to your boss, okay. say, oh, can you go get me a drink? And then just quickly switch the difficulty to the hardest difficulty and just watch him thrive in pain. God, that would be funny. Oh, it's okay. Well, we'll be in separate <laughs> places, but I'll tell him. Actually, i just tell him, switch it to the hardest. Let's see how good a player you are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good luck. We'll say that. But uh, no. Does it kill you a lot if you're on the hardest thing? Do I kill you a lot if, uh, if it's on the hardest? Yes. Definitely. Nice. <laughs> hey, DC, it's been a pleasure, mate. Um, before I let you go, Absolutely. can uh, can Ravis say something to Dan? I always like to do this. Can can he say something to Dan? Is that possible? You, you think you're watching Dan Allen gaming, but you're not. It's fate! <laughs> my neighbors hate me so much right now sorry kitty hi <laughs> <laughs>